Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. I am Brian, as every and week. I, and I am uh, Lizzie, as also every week. And we have two super special guests here with us tonight. If you guys just wanted to introduce yourselves. Oh, I'm going first? Okay. Um, I'm <laughs> Kia. <laughs> I'm Kia. And I'm Maddie. We are we are live tonight on Twitch, uh, and we are raising funds for Black Lives Matter Chicago. Uh, this is a, a special episode. We wanted to have a roundtable and bring some attention to uh, all the protests that are happening across the country. Give kind of a local Chicago specific uh, take on those pro- on those protests, uh, while also raising money for our local uh, chapter of Black Lives Matter. I do want to thank. Uh, Courtney, who's in the chat right now, who donated $50 before we started recording. So thank you, Courtney, for your donation. Uh, we are trying to raise $300 uh, for for the cause. So uh, if you have anything, you can uh, donate at links on our social media. Or if you're in on Twitch, uh, you can type exclamation mark donate, and it will give you the link in order to donate at that, uh, that, 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 that link. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, if you guys want to talk a little bit about your experience with the protests, uh, just so we all know, uh, yeah, what, what, what is going on with you and, and how have you been experiencing all the, uh, all the things that have been going on right now? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I did the, I attended the protest in Aurora. Um, I, I kind of had an idea of what to expect. So I've tried to make the necessary preparations going into this in terms of um, keeping in mind my safety, um, things, you know, to keep in mind in the back of my mind, because I'm also bringing my sister as well. Um, and she had never been to a protest. So just kind of going in, we came in with an open mind, making sure that, you know, we're very um, self-aware. And we came in, uh, I came. I brought my friend along as well. I didn't mention that as well. I brought my friend and I brought my sister. And we came in um, and we just, we instantly found the crowd that we were, we were there for. And, you know, we were peacefully protesting. We had our signs, you know, we were kind of bonding. And then um, I just happened to look over because we were in the middle of the intersection for, um, I think it was like Indian Trail and, um, New York or something like that. And I just so happened to look over and I saw another half of the crowd come in who was kind of walking from the Aurora outlet mall, the Chicago premium outlet mall, um, to where we were standing. So we doubled that and we were protesting in front of the um, Aurora police station. Again, all very peaceful. In fact, a couple of the, the officers came out, um, and were standing on the roofs while and watching us while we were protesting. And for the most part, yeah, again, it was very peaceful. Um, and we all just kind of came together and to speak out about these these issues. Very cool. Yeah, um, the protest I attended uh, was in Homewood down here. 
Um, first protest I've ever done. So I was very anxious about that, but it was a very positive experience. Uh, the police around here were actually uh, helping us out. We had a few officers even help escort us um, across the streets. So that was really awesome. Public Works blocked off some streets for us and the very positive experience gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of hope in my community. Um, so how has kind of seeing like the different media coverage going on here, how has that impacted you guys? I know at least on Twitter um, versus like, you know, normal local and, you know, national news, it's been trying to tell a different story for protesters, of course, with, you know, the looting and the rioting as well. But if you go on like, you know, Twitter or Facebook, you kind of get like a huge overwhelming hodgepodge of, you know, people's first encounters of, you know, more police brutality and them covering up like their badges and all these other things. How has that kind of um, affected your viewpoint on these protests and overall um, just kind of what's going on right now in society with that? Um, so in my opinion, it's it's been very overwhelming and it's gotten so concerning to the point where um, to my, ba- my basic work functions, I was unable, like I'm unable to concentrate due to um, everything that's kind of been going on and taking place, um, even locally, um, things that have not been broadcasted, I've seen with my own eyes and, you know, white supremacy and things like that. So the thing is, the media has somehow portrayed this image of the protests to be violent. Um, over the years, even where we were uh, protesting Black Lives Matter, the first go around, like 2014 or some, something like that, they were always portraying us as violent and that we were trying to um, riot. So it, it didn't come as a surprise that they tried to push that narrative again. And But what's really disappointing was that the the most of the violence and the, the damage and things like that were not actually from the, the peaceful protesters. It came from white supremacists. So there are people that are coming in and um, basically causing a bunch of ruckus and damage. And it's not, they have nothing to do with the actual movement. And so you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the media coverage with Naperville and the white supremacists over there, um, you know, spray painting and writing and doing whatever that they do over there. But it's it's now become an issue because Black Lives Matter and Black people are getting blamed for these things when we have nothing to do with it. And it's really hard to just push those things aside and kind of focus on what you need to do day to day, because now you're kind of noticing the weird looks people are giving you and you know it's just it's it's a really uncomfortable situation but i'm i'm hoping that this all kind of blows over and that people actually see the truth and really stand up for these issues and not believe everything that the media is trying to portray yeah i definitely agree um and that was a lot of my anxieties doing this for the first time. You know, I, I didn't know the environment would be, if it would be a positive experience or if it was going to be a violent one. And now I can say that the vast, vast, vast majority of the people out there, the ones who are really out there for the cause, aren't trying to cause destruction to the city. Not the point at all. They're just trying to get a message heard in one of the only ways they can think of, you know, We've done this whole thing of Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling wasn't good enough to get the message out. 
We've done this whole thing with just so many different, different things we've tried over the years, tried peaceful protesting, and finally something's worked. And I think what has been a bit different this time is having social media be much bigger so that we're not only seeing what the news presents, we're seeing also things just from average ordinary people. Like, look at this protest. You see that everything was fine until other sources escalated it. So I've, I'm definitely glad that social media has played a bigger role in everything today. Now we're seeing more angles about what's going on. I've been having a lot of very, like, my anxiety has not been from any conversations I've actually had, but it is about the expectation that there are conversations I'm going to have to have with people who are maybe on the side, you know, a lot of posts I see are like, I am, it is, it is now time to be actively anti-racist, not just not racist. And it's like, yeah, that, that, that pretty much describes a lot of people I know, especially adults, especially like parents of friends, parents of, 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 of people that are close to me. And it's like, yeah, but that's, that's, that's who I'm going to have to have these conversations with of explaining like, no, you, you, you don't see that like, these are the microaggressions. These are the small things that have led to or have become normal or commonplace because of white supremacy and all that. And I have a lot of anxiety of like, oh, I'm going to have to do that. And, uh, I know that that is like one of my specific roles is like, Hey, I need you to understand how these things have affected our society in these ways. Like I was explaining before uh, we got on the stream, I'm very riled up about uh, fascism and I'm very <laughs> like, Ugh. and uh, uh, obviously the news about Antifa as a terrorist organization. I'm like, <laughs> you moron. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's a lot of anxiety about that conversation. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, any, anything that I can add to say to, uh, to these, these people that are it, 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 me as a, as a person that like would have those conversations, what would you say to me, uh, going into that? I just wanted to, um, add to what you, what you expressed that you had anxiety talking about these certain issues. I just posted a video, um, prior to this most recent video on my YouTube channel, um, B Caker Productions. Um, I talked about being black in the workplace and for me, I work in corporate America. So this is going to be a different shift versus, you know, being amongst my um, non-black peers at any other um, job, like swimming or whatever, but this is a corporate environment and the level of anxiety that I experience on a day-to-day -day basis just to avoid being problematic is the anxiety that like, it's, I, I think that it's almost not to discredit you, but it's uncomparable. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't say things a certain way without being perceived as the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. I can't say, um, when people come up and touch my purple hair, I, I had purple hair in the video. I had, a I had purple braids. And I was actually nervous about wearing them because I didn't want to have that discussion. Mm -hmm. Oh, why is your hair purple? Can I touch it? Can I? And it's just like, it's so uncomfortable. And I haven't figured out a way to address it without being perceived as, oh, she's trying to start something or, oh, she's trying to be, you know, one of those kind of girls. And, you know, nobody ever wants to be that. And so I wanted to at least acknowledge that I appreciate you actually trying to educate your peers. Because like you said, a lot of people are just like, well, I'm not racist, so that should be good enough. Mm -hmm. But this, these are things now that we, we have to figure out how to talk about it. And 
And even if it may make somebody uncomfortable, we still got to bring it up. Um, so I guess my advice to you, like, don't, don't worry about those eggshells. Don't worry about those eggshells. You can't tiptoe around this issue anymore. Um, we can no longer tip, tiptoe around these issues anymore as black people. So we have to, we have to come, come correct now. We got to let them know, um, you know, this is no longer acceptable. Just getting by and coasting and not being, not being just not racist is unacceptable. You need to check your peers. You need to talk to them. You need to have these conversations, show them videos, start educating yourself. Um, there's, I mean, there's not for us, there wasn't very many resources about our history, but you know, maybe I, maybe there's somebody that can kind of assist you in trying to have these conversations, but these conversations really do need to be had. And I don't think that there's no way we can sugarcoat this anymore because it's been going on long enough that we've been sugarcoating how, how we've been treated for years and how people have been so passive about, um, you know, how we, how the inequities of our, our justice system. So like at this point, we, we just, we got to just do it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that, especially at this point. You know, if if you're still thinking those racist thoughts at this point, I think you absolutely know your intent. I don't think it's just ignorance at this point. You you know that you're not being fair to people, so you just need to flat out say, no, you can't treat people like that. you got to be fair. Yeah, I, I so obviously uh, the, the conversation about policing about police brutality about the fact that this starts and this is continued and this is so much of an issue is because of police brutality and how police are how policing is seen in this country how uh police are basically a vehicle of the state that is there to uphold uh the status quo not in order to protect the citizens of this country uh i'm happy to say that to anyone's face as well not just on this podcast uh that is that is essentially their role. They are showing that this week. They are proving that point that they are not here in order to listen to the people. They are here in order to uh, maintain a status that is not going to change anything about our society. But white people uh, generally have a more uh, uh, accepted view of police. Uh, they have they have friends that are police. They have uh, people that they believe are good cops. And it is going to be a really tough conversation to say, this is the role of policing and we have to pull you back from like under, from the belief that like, this is the only experience there is with police, that these are outlier situations, that these are only the things you see on the news and there will be, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, these things will happen, but they will be a small instance. They are not a common situation. Uh, is that is is that a conversation that that conversation is tough like that conversation is really tough to break uh white people who don't see it in their day-to-day who aren't looking on twitter who aren't seeing alternative media than just the news where they're just reporting the the basic information um is there anything that like a person could speak to about policing that is a specific uh, uh thing that we can reference about saying this is the actual uh 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 this is the actual experience that people are having with that. And you need to believe that these stories are true. And these are, these are, these are things that are not just like one thing that happened and was a viral video that was shown across the internet or shown on the news. This is a thing that is happening in our communities and they are not always filmed and they are not always going to be seen 
Yeah. So here's the thing for me. Um, for some reason, white people have this narrative. And of course, I feel like I have to say this and give a disclaimer because of course people are just going to jump down my throat. Not all white people. But I thought it should go without saying, but you know, Look, some people... I'll say I, it. All white people. <laughs> I'll fucking say it. So, uh, I, they're going to come at my page later, but I, but whatever. Come to so, my page. Spooky Pants <laughs> 1 on Twitter. I'm not even paying attention to it. I deleted He's the app on my phone. Fucking, fucking come for me. I don't give a fuck. I'm not reading your shit. I don't get notified on my phone. I don't fucking care. <laughs> so, white people have this narrative where they're like, well, it doesn't happen to me, so it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, yeah. police, like there's a level of privilege. Oh, I said the P word, privilege that people <laughs> have that they don't want to acknowledge. And that's the first and foremost issue. Just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it is not happening. So that was, per- that was, that was my first point. Also, uh, going back to Amanda Seals, we talked about uh, Amanda Seals earlier on this before we, we got into it. Um, Amanda Seals had a live with Snoop Dogg today. And she talked about basically how if we change the way that that the police are policing these communities, it would be a much different outcome. And mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg brought up his um, his upbringing um, when he was coming up uh, as a young boy. He was saying that, you know, whenever they get pulled over by the police, um, if there was like a black cop, he would come out and he would talk to them and be like, hey, I know what you guys are doing. Just cut it out. And they, he would kind of give them like a little almost like a mentoring session. And he would get in the car and do whatever he had to do. Like it was never any any hostility. It was almost more of like a like a almost like a father son kind of thing. And if we change that narrative, I know. Well, first of all, I know this sounds insane. Like I, this is in an ideal world, of course. <laughs> but if the police were really trying to serve and protect, you would see that. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I've had all horrible interactions with the police. Cause first of all, I don't, I don't have, I have a clean record. I've never really had any um, interactions with the police. The, the interactions that I did have were negative, but it wasn't because I was being a criminal. And that's another thing that white people like to say is, well, if you weren't doing anything illegal, you wouldn't have any bad uh, experiences with the police. And that's false because again, as a black woman, you know, the, the police are so quick to remind you that you are black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I just think that if we really, took they won't but again in an ideal world if we took a look at the the police and and try to modify some of that and really tried to eliminate the people that are trying to cause issues and and be agitators it would be a, a much different outcome and honestly i think even talking with white people about that and having them understand yes just because your uncle is a cop you know, you, you're probably going to get a different um, experience than somebody who, you know, has um, police constantly coming into their neighborhood who don't know how to handle, well, who have never had any run-ins or interactions with Black people and all their experiences with Black people were negative. So naturally, they're going to come in with that kind of mindset. And I just think that if you can't, again, in an ideal world, you can try, but like one day I feel like somebody's going to hear it. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody is going to click for somebody. Somebody's going to realize, oh, everybody's not experiencing what I experienced from my uncle Jay, or everybody's not experiencing or getting to see that side of uh, my dad, you know? So I just think that we just got to keep talking about it and we got to keep, again, we can't tiptoe around this anymore. It's here. So I think we, if we keep talking about it, that's, 
the only way it's going to register. And I mean, maybe they have to hear from multiple different people, but at the end of the day, this conversation has to be had. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the issue um, is that I'm seeing a lot of white people aren't really talking to black people about the experiences that they're having. It's like I saw a viral thing going around on uh, Facebook, uh, not really to police, but kind of in the same vein of saying, uh, if you've ever been followed around in a store, uh, say I, mm. and I shared it and a bunch of people responded. And that's something that I don't think everyone realizes happens to us. And I don't think a lot of it is that they don't talk to enough of us to really get the idea. Um, so what I think needs to happen is we need to diversify our circles. You need to, white people need to talk to more black people and learn about their experiences and black people, us too, need to find more white people to um, educate them on everything going on. And then there'll be more of an understanding about this. A lot of our, you know, everything, I, racism and everything that goes on is just a, losing my thought, but ah, racism and everything going on uh, is just because of preconceived notions from just ignorance. And all of that comes from not knowing any better, not talking to enough people to know any better and never really diversifying. So I think the big thing that come from this, and it's been great to see a lot of people educating each other on black experiences and black lives and all of that. That's been great, but I think that conversation needs to continue. We need to continue educating on our experiences. I just wanted to add quick to that too. I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I just these are things that I really just got to get out because these are these yeah, are please. things that have been happening for a very very long time. But mm-hmm. to add that, I like how you said um, to, that we need to educate our peers. So the thing is, I posted something on my page earlier this morning, and I said I'm tired. I'm tired of educating my peers. Because the thing is, is like when I explain to you, when you ask me how my day was and I go, man, like, and I give you the rundown of my day for real. And you, you start hearing about these racial issues and you go, oh, like, I didn't ask for that. Like, you're supposed to just tell me it's fine and it's okay. We're supposed to move on our day. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, oh, you know what? I got stopped by the police three times this week just because, just because my car just looks a little suspicious or I... Three white women clutched their pearls today and held their purse close to them because I got on an elevator with them. They don't want to hear that. They're like, oh, nope, just, just change the subject. So the thing is, is like, you know, I, I feel like for me to want to get into that place, because right now, again, I am tired. I don't have the energy. I don't have the time um, to for me to get to that point where I'm like, OK, let's have this discussion. I need the the books that you read. Um what what you think about them, let's have a dialogue instead of me educating you on my Black experience. And then we can have a dialogue and we can have a discussion. But mm-hmm. until then, like, I just don't want people to get used to the notion of, oh, well, my Black friend should know everything. So I'm going to just go to them to educate myself on, on whatever issues they're going. And then they can be the spokesperson for all things Black or all things of the culture. And everybody's black, everybody that is black or a person of color, they're going to have different experiences. And I think that's important for them to keep in mind because just because your friend Devante said that he's, he's perfectly fine in Naperville doesn't mean everybody else is. Mm -hmm. And I just really want, want people to keep that in mind because it's, it's just, it's real. Like it's really real. 
Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I appreciate that. I have been feeling very uh, anxious about reaching out to people during the like we want we want people's voices on this podcast, but it's like I'm pretty sure you you've been getting too many people reaching out to you. <laughs> like there's there's far too much that's like being put on on your shoulders and like we're people who are who are unaware of these issues or people who are using uh i've been referring a lot to anecdotal evidence of saying like well this isn't an issue but now i'm hearing it is an issue so let me reach out to somebody else and get their anecdotal evidence to prove or disprove what i already know or what i expect and it's like that's not like that's no one's responsibility like google like fucking google (laughs) exactly yeah, definitely. I guess I feel a little bit different because I'm still out of my job because of this quarantine and everything. Mm-hmm. So I have literally nothing better to do <laughs> than to talk about my experience and all of that. But I can definitely understand. And I definitely do agree that people need to do more than, you know, just to talk to your one or two black friends. You need to read books on our experiences and look on the Internet. I mean, there's just so, so, so much information. It's just easier than ever to get. There's not really an excuse anymore for ignorance amen and i have a whole youtube channel if you want to educate yourself go to b caker productions start from the very first video that i have and work your way up so you can get an idea and then guess what youtube will suggest things for you (laughs) what the hell is going on in america because it is not my job to keep educating (laughs) on what the fuck i'm going through every fucking day i'm sorry y'all this is just it's just so frustrating it's so frustrating it's Mm -hmm. tiring and i don't know i really don't understand why people are not registering there are five-year-old girls that are understanding this shit there are seven-year-old girls understanding this shit white girls understanding this shit and for some reason for some reason her great-grandmother doesn't understand her mom doesn't understand i'm like wait how does your mom not understand but you like it does it just doesn't i just don't understand it and it's not even the fact of just like they're truly not getting it they're truly not grasping it they don't want to Mm -hmm. they don't want to understand yeah that means that they're benefiting from the systematic racism systemic racism and why why give that up when you're when you're benefiting from it mm-hmm. so it's a whole yeah. conversation that needs to be had <laughs> but um but also yeah just i honestly want to say thank you though but because these are <laughs> these are battles that we've been fighting for the longest mm-hmm. time and now it's 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 not funny but it is funny watching white people get frustrated with their peers because they're not getting it and we're like, this is the discussion we've had to have for years. This is what we've been trying to get across to your friends for years. And now you're just like, what is wrong with them? Because it's like, yes, that's where our frustration is stemming from. And I'm just like, I, I just really, you know, I thank you guys for really being patient with that stuff. Maybe there's a certain way that you guys can say it, that they'll actually get it. Because apparently when we say it, that people don't understand. So I'm just really hoping that this is a new approach and, and now people are opening their eyes and opening their ears to these things. Yeah, I certainly hope so. It, it, yeah. Oh, Lizzie, go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, I know at least, I mean, Kia, you know, that I live out here in Naperville. I live like, you know, right next door to you basically in Aurora. And I right. mean, we went to the same undergraduate college in Naperville. So here you know, you don't, you see it consistently. And when you try to point it out to people, they're just like, oh, I don't care. And there's no way for them. It's hard to like, try to perceive them. Like, this is why it matters. And people listen 
to me because I look white presenting, but um, I'm half Hispanic. So I'm able to use my platform to an extent because, you know, I've had like this very unique experience myself where um, I've been able to have a completely different life experience than some parts of my family. And I see the issues that they have had. And I'm able to take that and bring it to people be like, hey, did you know that this, you know, can happen in whatever scenario? And, you know, sometimes white people would be like, yeah, I, you know, I sympathize. I, I empathize and I can understand that this sucks. And a lot of other times they'll say, I don't, I just straight up don't care in this area, especially um, just because it's so much more affluent. And again, they're profiting off of the systematic racism because they're able to get further ahead or like we saw in, you know, New York, that one insane white woman who called the police on a black man bird watching and she pretty much sound it was like a horror movie people were comparing it to get out where she was like completely normal and but being hysterical on the phone to the police Mm -hmm. yeah and to know that that's how in reality like you would watch and you're like this is a horror movie it doesn't really happen but you know you do have people nowadays you know black creators like jordan peele bringing this out in a way that also white individuals are consuming this media and they're able to kind of look at it in a different perspective and lens that they would not have done years and years ago. And even now, again, it's still hard to get people to listen and observe more. I mean, a lot of people are comparing some of these protests and like the lootings that are happening to like the purge movies and when those movies came out um i remember i went like opening night to the first one because my friends and i were like hyped about it (laughs) and we left this is so concerning every time you talk about like (laughs) like like some horror movie shit you're just like oh my god i'm so excited about it's like lizzie please (laughs) (laughs) but we my friends and i had saw this movie in naperville one of the movie theaters here when we left it was filled with a bunch of white kids obviously and a lot of them are like i hate this movie this is stupid because spoiler alert if you haven't watched it it came out like i don't know fucking like 2013 or something the first one um it's pretty much you know everybody who's um lower class which is a lot of minorities pretty much like saying fuck this and coming up and trying to kill the elite people which are primarily white people and also um people of color who are just like kind of rolling with the systematic racism because they're like oh i benefited from it so i'm just not going to say anything anymore Mm -hmm. and people were like Mm -hmm. i don't like that that's just unrealistic that's stupid and i think i i mean obviously i hope we don't get to that point because that would be a very apocalyptic apocalyptic america um but it feels like it anywhere right now but if we you know kind of compare it to that it's like we have it's kind of insane to say that we have to become and we have to go into such a dire situation in order to just have certain people's voice heard and to have them as be seen as an equal individual. I agree. Yeah. I think a lot of it, honestly, is that people don't want to admit there's a problem. You know, like it's so hard to get people to simply say black lives matter. <laughs> they have to throw and be, oh, well, all lives matter. And like, of course all lives matter and everything but we're focusing on black lives here that is where the problem is and they're having such a problem just accepting that there is something going wrong i think a lot of it is just willful ignorance just willfully not wanting to accept it i just 
<laughs> it's it's funny because it's just like now I'm seeing people that are are finally waking up and I'm like on one side I'm like yeah finally <laughs> and then another side I'm like where the hell have you been like I've been telling yeah. you stuff. you're like oh my god this is awful we're like yeah this is not the first person that has been killed on camera first black man that's been killed on camera and it's just like so I'm 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 appreciative of the fact that they're now that some people are realizing now that there is an issue. And I'm hoping again, that we can find ways to communicate to the people that are still not getting it, um, that this is bad. Um, I think I was listening to Nick Cannon, uh, like it was a, a, it was a stand-up comedy special thing that he had on Black Lives Matter. And he said that he had to explain it to, who was it? I can't remember who it was, but it was another celebrity. And he was like, that's just like going to, um, he's like, you know how you all say save the whales? He's like, you know, that's like we're, what we're saying, you know, save the black people. You know, you don't go in talking about fuck all the other fish. We're just saying, <laughs> right. save the whales, like, because they're in danger. And that's the way that they had to get it. And I'm like, what? Like, that's all we had to say for you to understand that black lives matter too. So it's yeah. just, I'm hoping that this is really going to open some eyes. Um, again, with all this violence and stuff, first of all, I was trying not to be that person, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Do it. If we even decided that we wanted to get violent, we built this country for fucking free. If we wanted to get there, we could, but we are not. So the fact of the matter is for anybody to associate us for, with violence, we're, black people are literally the most forgiving group that I've ever seen. We're very forgiving. We've been oppressed for for hundreds and hundreds of centuries. And we're still managing to just peacefully let you know that we're still not being treated right. But somehow we're still we're still stereotyped as being violent or um you know just it, it's just and I honestly I personally feel like that's that's not fair. That is just not fair. So, but I'm hoping that this approach gets gets the message across. I was going to yeah, ask you, do you, um, oh, sorry, Matt, you go ahead. No, I was saying that yeah, I, I hope so too, or, or else this is just all going to happen again. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, like, do you think that this, this, this time, and I, I mean, I guess I, I'm asking this question about every other time that's ever happened. So I don't know if it's, if it's like, this time is different. This time people are going to pay attention. This time we're going to finally uh, uh, topple the state and we're going to get everything solved. But do you, do you feel like this time is different? <laughs> I'm trying not to talk because I'm pretty sure they're like, oh my God, shut up. No, listen, I, 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 want, I, I want to not hear my voice basically on this. I think it's opened some eyes, but the my concern is, is that momentum going to continue? Are we still going to remain outraged? Because uh, I thought, and again, maybe this is just me being oblivious. I thought after this, I'm like, great, we got an understanding, we're good. And you try to go out and go get some food for yourself and you're getting side eyes. I'm like, okay. So I think we, we, I think they understand that this, I think this is what I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking that 
people are thinking, wow, this video is horrible. And I'm speaking up for him, for that person, for George Floyd. Um, in terms of black people as a whole, mm, it's still going to take some time because it's not, it's, it's almost like we still have to prove that we're, we're still worthy of being treated equal. Hmm. So I think it's, it's different in a sense, but, um, but not for the reasons that we think it's going to be. Um, there might be a change in, you know, I do think that there, I'm not, not to say that the, to discredit the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the, some people are really going to have a change of heart. And I think that some people are really going to speak out about these issues, but I don't know if I can a hundred percent confidently say that this is really going to be the pivotal moment for us. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, I think I can speak in, in two ways. So, like, in terms of the, the legal system and the police and everything, I think, yes, this could be a different time. And, I, you know, people in quarantine having nothing better to do, That I honestly think that might have been the reason that they were paying so much attention to it. And we've been seeing all these protests day after day after day. I think it's been seven days at this point. And now that we see all of the officers have been convicted and everything. That's such a rare, rare, rare thing to happen. So I think in that case, people might be starting to open their eyes and things might be starting to change. Uh, But socially, I'm not sure if we're quite there yet. There are people, again, just still willingly being ignorant and willingly not wanting to accept that something's wrong and something's different. And we're having to go through all these avenues to try to explain why things are different. And they're just not wanting to accept it. So that part, I think, might take a bit more for some people. I've seen quite a few people change over to our side, and that's been great. But it's it's not been as big as I'd, I guess I'd hope it, it'd be. Yeah. And, I, and to add to that, too, I, I noticed that, um, well, first of all, I want to commend all these other countries that are, are standing up against these issues. Um, you know, London, uh, Italy, um, you know, to say, to say, to name a few, but I, I'm proud that they're actually saying something because they could easily go, oh, that's America's issue. Like, I don't know what they got going on, like, but they just, they yeah. got to figure it out. But they're, they're speaking up and saying that something is wrong. Um, one thing that I, I noticed that I was like super geeked about, like I'm a, I'm a Billie Eilish fan. I saw her post on her page saying, you know, addressing when people say all lives matter. She literally said, and I quote, shut the fuck up. And I was like, yes, <laughs> finally. If Billie Eilish has to tell you to shut the fuck up, so be it, so be it. Because honestly, it's, it's like people are not, they, it's just it's it's just again people are still not understanding and like you know with with everything going on and just just the processing rate it's it's just it's just crazy it's just so crazy and i also think also to add to that like some people i i feel personally that because they don't want to be perceived as or be being be called out, I guess, are joining the movement just because they don't want to, uh, they just want to kind of avoid the conflict. So that's also mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like, you know, there might some, there, there are very well some people that are are there because they believe that Black Lives Matter. 
But there are also some people that are like, I'm just here or I'm just posting so that nobody calls me out or cancels me or whatever the case may be. You can kind of tell who's posting just to kind of shut people up and who's kind of posting because they genuinely believe Black Lives Matter in their career, um, i.e. Justin Timberlake, has been... <laughs> <laughs> you know, black black people are pretty much, you know, aided in that in that career. Eminem, like, you know, so you know, there's already people um in celebrities that have been very adamant on um the mistreatment or have been vocal about the mistreatment of black people. So um maybe maybe I'm being um I don't know, I'm not being anything, but I'm just saying I think that <laughs> <laughs> I just really think that I just I'm hoping that even if they do decide that they're trying to just do it just because they don't want to be called out. I'm hoping that maybe that's, that's a start for, for, for them opening their eyes. But, but I just, I can only say that we got to do better. It'll definitely be interesting to see how many people are this adamant and active and everything going on the next time this happens, you know, when it's not like the trendy thing to do. So I'm definitely curious to see what happens for next time. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want another black man or woman because we can't say black man anymore because mm-hmm. Sandra oh, Bland, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, you know, Brianna Taylor was sitting in her house or in her home. Uh, she was sleeping. She was sleeping when she was killed by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Etiana Jefferson was playing video games with her nephew when she was killed by the police in her home. So I'm hoping and again, this might just be me being overly optimistic. I'm hoping that was the last one. I'm hoping that was the last one that we got to talk about. So. I do want to get back to um, some celebrities trying to, um, you know, put out their support or possibly faux support and allyship <laughs> out there. I know mm-hmm. at least... Um, Maddie, you are in a lot of like the music scene here in like Chicago in the area. Um, how have you seen some of these, you know, some of these other local bands or local figures or even, you know, on a larger platform, the more national acts, have you seen them be more supportive or has it been something that has been, you kind of have to push them a little bit. I do know that some people from um, Out of Context, the production uh, company out here, puts on a lot of the pop punk shows, uh, Caitlin and Michelle, they've been pretty adamant on calling out a lot of bands um, that yeah. they have had on their bills recently and saying, what is going on? Because they did find one band um, that publicly posted on their Instagram, All Lives Matter, and they immediately like sent it through Twitter and said, do not put this band on your bills. Um, yeah. quarantine ends and everything um have you fi- found you know anything like that or have you found a lot more support or do you feel like people are um just giving you that faux al- allyship honestly i can i can tell when it's genuine and when it's real uh, when it's genuine and when it's not genuine the people who have always treated me with respect and always been on my side for things and everything I, I know I can trust and I know they're being genuine. Those who are just trying to make a statement because they felt forced to and everything, I, I can definitely tell that. Um, I will say that I believe more people have been on, uh, more people have been 
actively supporting me for a while and everything. So I haven't really lost faith in many people. Um, but I can kind of sympathize for people too. You know, what I've seen a lot of people say is I've been pondering upon what to say. I don't really know what to say. And that's a hard thing. You know, what are you supposed to say in a little statement about a systemic problem? Like, of course, Black Lives Matter. And of course, I care about these people. Do I really need to confirm it? Like, some people were frustrated that Paramore took a few days to make a statement, yet me being as in love with Haley Williams as I am, I know for a fact that <laughs> Haley's always, always, always been on my side and she's always talked about black figures and she's always, you know, been a supporter of, of us and always uh, done her job to be an ally. I didn't really need a statement with that. So it, I can kind of sympathize with not really understanding, not really knowing what to say or how to say it and everything like that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting that this is, it, it's become this thing where you like have to say a statement or you're considered a bad person. Like, I, I know, I know if you really cared. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I, I've been conflicted about it because I... I don't know. I've taken a break from a lot of social media because with coronavirus and everything, I've just been like mentally, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, this week has then changed that because it's like, if you're not active, it is that it, your message is silence and silence now is equal to you don't stand for this message. And it's like in the past, if you have stood for the message in the past, if you have done anything, if you have participated in anything in the past, that's fine, but you still need to do something right now. You still need to make an act of something right now. And I, I, I go back and forth on it where it's like, I kind of disagree with that. I think that actions are louder than words. So if you're doing the actions, the words kind of are secondary. Uh, if you are, mm -hmm. if you're showing up, you know, every other day of the year, then this week is like another time to show up. But if you've already shown up, then you're, you're proving that you are an ally uh, I don't necessarily think that just posting something or all of these fucking brands sending me emails saying, Hey, I just want you to know where we stand on this. It's like, well, first of all, right. I don't think you're going to send me an email. Just like, I don't know, guys, are we really so sure? Like, I don't think I'm going to get that from like DSW, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's it, it to me, all of it in a way rings as true and all of it rings as hollow. Like, I don't really know any of it that is in a way authentic because unless somebody is saying this is how I'm voting, this is how I am, I am showing up to local elections. I am participating in, uh, in, in city council meetings. I am joining with, uh, people that I know for, uh, you know, black lives matter showing up to these meetings and speaking their mind and speaking what they, what, what is happening. Uh, then I don't know that just like posting something right now is really showing that you are that all year round. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> Maddie, I was like, when Lizzie said you're coming on, I'm like, Oh, he's the biggest Paramore fan. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I love Paramore too. Like I, Paramore, um, yeah. been around for a minute and I'm just like, <laughs> 
I, I love I love Haley Williams. Same. I am I'm absolutely obsessed, and I would I would we're, read all your tweets. Haley Williams stands <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. Absolutely. And I we was like, those awful people last last week who were like, Haley Williams just looked like every other white girl, and we were like, mm, no, thank I you. Think no, you no, no, thank you. Media. No, thanks. No, no, uh, sir. But it's like, of course, I know that Haley Williams is on the right side of history. Is right. is is an ally, if not an advocate. And it's like, do we need Haley Williams? Do we need Paramore? Do we need that? that group of people to say anything in order for us to believe it. And so therefore it's like the people forcing that to come out and forcing these people to say something therefore is like a coerced response to me. And it's not like, like if you're out there doing stuff, you don't need to be held accountable for what you're doing. You don't need to be accountable for posting on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on this or, or writing something in your notes app and taking a screenshot and posting it on Twitter. You know, it's, those are not the actions that need to be done necessarily. And I kind of feel that way about the, the black square yesterday on, on blackout Tuesday. And I'm like, everybody's so mad about this, this fucking thing. And I'm like, I understand the anger. I understand that like there was the logistical thing about the hashtag being used on it, but I'm like, everybody's trying. Nobody's a hundred percent sure what to do. And obviously nothing that I post on Instagram is going to make a difference in the actual reality of our, of our lives. We are organizing right. as far as the protest goes, but like we still need to show up and vote. We still need to participate outside of just a protest. We still need to participate as, uh, as, as our elected officials are passing legislation as, uh, I think it was actually the end of day yesterday that there was a, uh, a, a piece of legislation that needed to be commented on for, uh, the CPD and CPS working together. Uh, so I saw that going around a lot. It's like, well, where is this? The other 364 days of the year when these things are happening in our local government and where are we when those things are coming up? I think right now is a time where a lot more people are starting to get more active and know that a lot of those things are pretty accessible to the public. Um, we were talking about this last night in our stream as we were going over some protest photos from um, the downtown Naperville protests and, you know, looking at, you know, when you, because Brian also sent me a document, asked me for my opinion on it. And when you read it, it does tell you that anybody can have this information um, next to the fact that if you are um, at least a reporter or if you are pretty much almost anybody in the public, you can qualify and use the FOIA Act, which is the Freedom of Information Act, which allows you to basically fill out some paperwork, state why you just want to look some stuff up and it will tell, and you can get information from the government about, you know, a court case. For example, I was listening to a podcast where uh, somebody had said that their father was in um, some original like Vietnam protests back in the day at, um, I forgot what university, but like one of those prestigious universities people always talk about that you can never probably get into really unless you had old money. And they were saying that um, one of their one of their father's friends had asked her father, like, "Oh, did you know that like the FBI was like watching you, like very casually?" And there he was like, what "Fuck, are you talking about?" So he <laughs> filed the Freedom of Information Act. And while they can redact some things, as we saw with um, a lot of the Trump impeachment, like things were just blacked out, and mm -hmm. you were like, "What's the point in this? You're wasting paper, <laughs> killing the trees." <laughs> and they, you know, you know, were he saw that he had two hundred pages worth of him as like a young adult in college just because he attended these protests 
for people not to get drafted unwillingly to go fight, honestly, like a pointless world war in Vietnam. Um, my grandpa won't be happy about that, but it's the <laughs> truth. And it's something that everyone can do. Um, so you can also do that for yourself. You can do it for family members. You can do it for, you know, most things that are going on. It could take a while, um, but you are privileged to that information as an American citizen, you know, whether or not they necessarily want to treat you equally which is fucking awful you can still get that other information and if that's something you would want to look into to do you should definitely do it and i think because there's been so much more traction that's why people are starting to get involved i mean minneapolis their um school system pretty much said you are severing ties with the police department we can't have them here and it's calling for a lot of similar reactions to people in other cities, especially larger cities like ours, who also have a large um, minority demographic. And when it comes down to um, like also calling for defund, you know, defunding the police, you hear defunding and you think, oh, it means they're going to go away and we're going to have complete anarchy. But that's not really what it is because there's not a lot of educational basis on it. And there's a lot of infographics going around where people are, you know, taking, you know, either books or podcasts or articles that they've done in research and, you know, making, I know that um, illustrator Michaela Jane has been starting to do a series where she just illustrates little things about um, protesting, about, you know, defunding the police, and all these different legislative chains. So it's a little bit more easy to digest for people and to understand. And really what it comes down to is defunding the police would be basically, we don't give them that much money. Yep. And we put those into other programs in the community that would help curb the need to have that much police presence, especially those in lower income communities where crime is more prevalent because they have been pushed out into those areas. And a lot of those areas have forever been, even when it was predominantly white, at least in Chicago with, you know, different forms of immigrants during like the 20s through the 50s and everything that, um, you know, they redlined them and then that's just what happens. Those areas have always had prevalence of crime. The fact that they have just pushed those individuals who are more susceptible to oppression is more part of the systematic racism that has been going on. And I'm really glad that people are starting to realize that this can be done on you know, a congressional level also, because it's one thing, I mean, the last however many years people have been really pushing voting. And while that doesn't seem like shit right now. It is, you know, something that people still need to heavily do and start to contemplate um, doing, especially coming up and with local elections. I know that there's a handful of states yesterday that had some of their elections for local areas. I know that Iowa voted out there terribly, terribly racist. Um, Steve King I, is out. Yeah, Steve King is out. Stephen King uh, declared himself the only Stephen Steve King. King in Iowa now. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> so with that in perspective, also not to just be like, you know, a white person saying like, oh, you should just just go vote. So it'll fix it. It It is a part of it. It is mm -hmm. a small part of it, of everything yeah. in this circle. And I'm really glad that people are starting to realize that um, basically you're going for the knees that, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't think that you were able to go for, but you are totally able to go for it. And you've always have been, but nobody's been giving you that information until now. Yeah, even uh, to add on, you touched on a couple like really, really good points. Well, overall, yes, you've been really touching on a, a bunch of points that I've been thinking about and just been talking about um, where you talked about systemic racism and redlining. And, you know, people are so quick to talk about black on black crime. And I'm just like, OK, 
So when you put, when you take, when you explain redlining and, you know, black people being able to get access to certain housing um, and you group them all in a low, in a low, a low income poverty area. And, you know, you know, they're susceptible to oppression and things like that. Uh, they have, you take all of their resources, take all of their um, means for income. They're going to do whatever they can to survive. So it's just like, I think like that, that argument in general, like that should just go out the window. And then two, you also talked about voting. Also, there's, there's, I can't remember the official term for it because I'm just like, it's late at night. I just can't remember anything at this point. <laughs> but I can't remember the term for it, but where they make it very difficult for Black people to go and vote. They do everything that they can to make sure that we don't get to the polls. And mm. so... It's gerrymandering. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. Voter suppression, gerrymandering, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I always encourage people to vote. Um, I really try to encourage, you know, my peers to vote. And because it's it's really imp- it's really important, and for me personally, um, coming from a generation where you know someone as my great grandmother wasn't able to vote, I really take that personally. So I make sure, even in the midst of a pandemic, that I make sure I go out and vote when it comes our time. So you know, it's just things like that are are important to keep in mind. Um, but it's 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 just a it's a it, this picture is is bigger than all of us. Mm-hmm. And once we yeah. kind of analyze the big picture and start trying to, like you said, just kind of going for the knees, <laughs> then we can we can really fuck some fuck some shit up. I love the Listen. visual. <laughs> I love the visual. We're just keeping it consistent here. <laughs> Lizzie's all about these like murder podcast like theories. <laughs> and, Listen, like, I, I it, you know all our. Listen, I just always grew up watching those murder shows don't know why who anyone let me do it but here we are <laughs> yeah that's all that matters that's all that matters <laughs> you, know to, you know how to maneuver <laughs> uh, um i i wanted to follow up on your like voting thing and i'm like no you kind of made the point i just want to be like i don't know i so my mom is generally like on on the same page. Uh, she's old school Republican, but I sat and talked to her for an hour on why I'm like, Hey, you got to vote for Bernie Sanders. There is no like question about this, but here is why you have to do this. And of course she's like, well, I don't know. And I don't really agree, but I hate Trump and I'm not really a big fan of Biden either. And I'm like, well, okay, everything <laughs> you just said, that works for me. Right. Also, you need to understand mm-hmm. I'm going into this conversation, like cool, still show up and vote for Biden. If he's the nominee, like just do it. It's better than, current it's better than fascism it's better than fascism but uh, yeah it's just you know we have we have two options fascism joe biden and this Um, is literally where i mean it's i mean it's bad because the other contrast before was a whole ass idiot or clinton yeah it's yeah uh yeah uh Savannah's in the in the chat and she said Biden over fascism make it a t-shirt so we might I don't know that. I'll sell it dude uh, it's probably still on Etsy by now along with those crazy coronavirus uh, shirts that so like mad. the mom like the Karens made why how come every time I come up with an idea somebody on Etsy is already doing it because what's Karen doing she's straight chilling at home fucking Karens being uh, upset about you know her downtown area being closed right because of the <laughs> 
I need a haircut so I can talk to the manager with it. Uh, I do want to mention that Sav donated $50. So thank you, Savannah, for your support. Uh, Claps all around. Uh, But uh, when it comes to voting, it always is this. So if people are voting, they are voting like, well, the Democratic side is always going to be on the side of black people. And then I would say, Yes, and there is some things that are happening on the Democratic side that are not necessarily in the favor of that if they are in favor of policing, if they are in favor of these tough on crime sort of things, which has been president in the past. Joe Biden has been a part of uh, politics at the time when these laws were passed. So again, vote for Joe Biden, but it's better than fascism. But it's still like there is a a, a contingency of the voting public that doesn't quite understand these points and how just saying go vote doesn't necessarily solve the issue. You need to stay aware and stay up to date with what's happening in politics and also hold these politicians accountable. That is primarily best done on the local level. You're not going to get FaceTime with Joe Biden and be like, I just want you to understand (laughs) what policing is. And Joe's just going to be like, well, shake my hand and talk to me about trains. Dude, every time I watch like Parks and Rec and there's like an episode where Leslie Note meets Joe Biden and I'm like, that's the American people and like how he would respond to us <laughs> like that, that. And we have seen it caught on yeah. like, camera and audio. He's like, sounds right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, all right, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to communicate our best with Joe Biden to say this is what is happening and this is what you need to understand as far as what we voted for, like we are voting for you because it is better than the alternative by a landslide. But that does not mean that it is solving these issues. Uh, I don't necessarily know if voting for Bernie Sanders would have like, like putting Bernie Sanders in the White House would have solved the issues. I do think that it is a much stronger way of solving that. So when I was talking to my mom about this, I kind of forgot where that was going, but I was also like, yeah, let me just throw Joe Biden under the bus for being Joe Biden. But why also, not? why not? Everyone else does it. He does it to himself. Why not? He, he really does. Yes. Yeah. He does. So because my mom is. And you're not black. So. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That was, oh, my gosh. I walked into uh, my work as soon as he said it and I stopped <laughs> and I looked at everyone. I was like, y'all just. Uh-oh. Just to hear that. And we had to like, because Uh-oh. we had the tape and we had to rewind it. And we we're like, he really just said that. Yeah. And when, I mean, at that, I literally yeah. was. Like, yeah, oh, I saw who he was like, talking to. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he really just said this shit to Charlemagne. Charlemagne, the guy. They said that to him. I'm like, and then like, this got to be on like the shade room or something. Let mm-hmm. me just. Like he really fucking said this shit. What what really astounded me is I walked in and one of the editors that was there said, "Well, it's he's like I don't agree with that, but you know he's just not a great person to you know who knows how to conversate and also have you know give speeches." And I'm like, "Haven't we learned that the- we need somebody who knows how to articulate correctly oh my God. to oh my be gosh. leading the country?" And like that position would make sense. Like this, if he like- wasn't a presidential candidate that'd be a fine position to take. 
Okay, what's I've, the job posting for this? Like, where's the job description? Let's be articulate in speeches. Where communicating a communication I, two years minimum? Like, what? Where is that? Where Show is that? Two, two years minimum on some type of speech team at some point in your life would That's literally me, dude. like you. You did it in like middle school. Whatever. We know you right. probably speak. You're hired. Show, me, show me the LinkedIn. I will apply. I will. I will connect. <laughs> Everyone, right let's go endorse each other's. I got a communication abilities. Yeah. Girl, meets trust me, I know. I was on debating. Let's go. We can endorse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's we can't go. He no can't talk no more. He's no. Him him or or the Cheeto. No. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here are the two people who are speaking to us. Oh my gosh. Sorry to bring everybody down about our potential <laughs> political uh people in the end. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just it, it's it's a sad fact that like, I mean, uh, there's, there's the, there's the fact that like there were not enough people that were voting for Bernie Sanders. So in the end on the democratic side, this is essentially what the democratic people who are voting democratically wanted. Uh, as soon as everybody else dropped out, this is essentially where, what it came to, uh, which I don't know that, that stems back from like, what is, what is your impression about all of these issues? Where do we stand on these issues? And the fact is like, we are not as progressive on a lot of these issues as quote unquote progressives would say they are. It's very hard to say, yeah, like I, I believe that the police should stop brutalizing uh, people and stop uh, policing uh, uh, communities of color more often than they are, are policing other communities. But I also am going to vote, for Joe Biden. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't compute in the way that you're like actually showing up and getting involved in government. So I'm like, voting is yes, important. And we all need to vote. And there needs to be a lot of activism around getting people to the polls. But there also needs to be that education of like, also, don't vote for somebody who's saying they're going to donate or they're going to they're going to put $3 million in the budget for policing or all of this money is going to go to police academy in Chicago rather than all of these schools that are underfunded and have fucking like 30 students in a classroom to one teacher. Like they're and then closing, yeah. closing those types of schools and then making them into like, you know, luxurious condos that yeah. sell for $2 million. Uh, like shit does not compute. <laughs> they barely have textbooks. Like see, I've literally been, been yelling and screaming about CPS schools because they're literally getting the scraps and everybody just kind of going, well, at least they got something. And it's just like, it's so irritating because these these kids are going to school. They, they got beat up fucking textbooks. And then they come in, uh, they they either got to move, because the schools are so crowded, they either got to move them out to the suburbs or whatever the case may be. And then the, the suburban teachers are kind of going like, well, I don't know why you don't know this shit, but you're on your own. So we're just going to send you off to a special class so you figure that shit out. Because mm-hmm. we're not going to teach you. We're not going to sit here and try to, walk you through why you don't know what two and two and two and two is for. And it's just like, it's, it's a constant cycle. Everything's a fucking systemic cycle. Everything's a fucking systemic cycle. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's irritating. (laughs) That's why it's so hard to change too. It's like you, you have, uh, uh, you, you have this system that was built basically upon slavery 400 years ago. And it's just kind of been incremental change for 400 years. And Mm. like, you yeah. still have people all over the country who have a, uh, a a medium to low understanding of these things, and you have people that are actively on the other side educating against progressive policies. Uh, yeah. I believe that the Daughters of the Confederacy building was burnt in the South from the protests. 
don't quote me on that. I saw something <laughs> on Twitter. That's why I stay off Twitter because I'm like, I cannot confirm this. It's just some tweet. <laughs> but uh, we got we got people down there. Okay, awesome. yeah. Please confirm. I would love to know that that was true. But to have like a group that is actively like the the Confederacy ends and there's still a group passing along Confederate uh, uh, ideas ideology to people and then like oh we have this system that is that is happening around us and it's like oh well you know racism is gone and we don't have that anymore and it's like bro it was built on that shit (laughs) like that is that is how we built the system we have today we have to change that i mean i'm pretty sure that that's what i never saw it or listened or whatever but isn't that what hamilton is about basically oh i never seen it i heard it was really i haven't seen either so, I didn't, okay, we're all on the same page. No, here. I, I did. Know. I, I did see that one it. immigrant song, and I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. yeah I, love Lynn. I think that's the gist of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it so bad, but I heard it's really good. Really, it is really good. Disney good. Plus next month, I think they said. Oh, yeah, yes, right. July. Yeah, but Disney Plus. the one issue a lot of people were bringing up was that Disney Plus uh, maybe have to edit certain things out. No, like they put um God, what was that one movie? It was so cute. It was about um that one. It was about a gay high school boy, and he oh loved Simon. That's what Love it was. Because I saw oh, it in a theater, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, my heart. They put that on Disney Plus, but they edited out a lot of these scenes. Um, yeah, depicting a lot of gay romance, even though that's like almost the entirety at the end of it, like what it's about um because it's not wholesome family-friendly content so that's what people a lot of people are worried about when it comes to um you know like hamilton so that is a th- good point i didn't yeah. think about it yeah mm-hmm. see if we're still Sorry. thinking like that we got a long way to go <laughs> well yeah. disney of course uh <laughs> disney has a long way to go <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they spoke up about the uh, Black Lives Matter issue. Um, mm-hmm. Them and Nickelodeon, I'm very proud of them for. Nickelodeon went hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stop their programming mm-hmm. and and pause it for what is it, eight minutes and forty five seconds, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was a yeah. lot of backlash. There was um, I saw a screenshot of some woman, some white, some white, white Karen commented on um the oh, post yes. that Nickelodeon had on Facebook, and um was like you know i don't appreciate this i think this is inappropriate to have a child watch and their response was like yeah well it's also a reality a lot of kids actually has to deal with so you uh suck it up buttercup (laughs) yeah yeah they're like so sucks to suck karen um but also uh savannah's over here saying that disney does um asking if disney has a deep uh history of racism i mean yeah it does it did originally start off very racist because it was during a very racist time yeah yeah honestly i think a lot of it is a product of the time it's it, every it's just so ingrained in everything like, like we were saying it's systemic it's just how it was so yes there were some racist views from Walt Disney and everything also keep in mind this is coming from like a very avid Disney fan like mm-hmm. there's a Toy Story uh alien right behind me um <laughs> so keep that in mind but it just it's just another instant showing how normalize a lot of this racism was like you look at a lot of those movies and it, it, they aren't new these aren't like new things I mean, they've been around forever yeah and i mean going back to amanda seals <laughs> we like what we also have to realize now um she she said in her live she said just imagine like the most ideal perfect world where there is no racism or anything like that 
And the reality of the situation is, yes, we, you know, that's our, most of our country, well, all of our country has been built on, on racism, but we don't have to accept that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, if, we, if we're literally putting things into play right now, um, yes, we might not reap the benefits of it, but our, maybe, maybe our children won't even reap the benefits of it, but maybe our kids' kids will actually see something. And that's all I can ask for is if I just can't sit back and tolerate this any longer. That's just how I feel. Yeah. I can, I can agree to that. Uh, we are at like 9 PM. So normally at this point we would close up the podcast part and we'll continue to chat on Twitch for a little while. Um, so I just want to, before we close out the podcast recording, uh, do you guys want to add anything else to uh, to this? Any messages you want to say? Uh, anything you want to promote? I know we didn't bring you on to promote anything specifically for yourselves, but... Uh, uh, might as well. You're here. What's yeah, up? you're here. Like Promote <laughs> yourselves uh, if anybody wants to find you on the internet. Um, and then we'll close it up and we'll keep chatting on Twitch if you're there. So yeah. Uh, 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 Kia, do you want to go first? Okay, um, so I mentioned before, I kind of touched on my, my uh, YouTube channel. Um, you can find me. I'm a videographer and photographer as well. Um, my Instagram is Productions, So it's B-K-A-K-E-R Productions. And then my YouTube is also Productions, So it's B-K-A-K-E-R Productions. And I talk about a lot of social justice issues and um, basically, you know, trying to find solutions and start conversations and things of that nature. Yeah, if you wanna find me on the internet, um, best to find me on Twitter. Um, I'm Maddie at the Disco, and I talk a lot about bands and everything. So if you love bands, I'm also working on some music things that'll come out eventually. I don't really want to put them out right now. So mm-hmm. when things calm, I'll think about that. Um, but if I wanted to say one thing uh, to end this, I would say. I hope people come out of all of this mess with a bit more empathy, with a bit more understanding for other people, with a bit more care for other people. You can't just care about yourself and your groups. It's really got to be a universal thing that you care about people. And if we get, get more empathy for people and continue to care for more people, I think a lot, a lot of the world's issues would be solved. Our country has a huge empathy problem over freaking everything honestly in my opinion so please just give a crap about people please learn about people beyond yourself and please support other people amen yeah absolutely all right uh kia maddie thank you for being here on the podcast i'm going to play the uh the outro now and we'll keep chatting uh i know Savannah's still in the chat, so we're gonna keep chatting with Savannah <laughs> and whoever else is here and whoever, whoever else. There's anything. eight people here. I see. Yeah. Unless that is a change. What's up, everyone? Hey, whoever uh, you are. So this 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 music is gonna play, and then we're gonna hang out for a little longer. Uh, but from all of us, from from all of us here at the emo social club, I gotta play the song. I can't do it. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. I get the timing years, wrong. Ryan. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, from all of us here at the emo social club podcast i'm brian i'm lizzie and uh thank you for being here and uh, goodbye